0: Alright, so we are live. Let me get this, I think, uh, Lesson 51?
1: No, Lesson 50. 50.
0: Oh, no, you're a week behind. Is it 50 or 51? 51. 50? 51. 51, yeah. One. I thought it was, yeah. I'm kind of thrilled because I'm actually out of this and I'm already in First Peter and you guys are so behind, but you know, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Make sure you see my bedroom before you leave. Yeah, yeah. Pretty smoky, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, let's, uh, let's open up the uh, chat list here. Make sure that uh, we've got everybody going. I know that uh, Greg Upham was plugged in pretty well last week. I hope that'll be the case. This week as well. And uh, for those of you who were uh, praying for the lovelesses, they are all over their sickness, praise God, and, uh, and doing well. Did they all get it? She got it, I think, from workers, and he got it from other workers that he works with. And yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to open by reading 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, one of my favorite passages, and who's got that handy in a language I can understand. Shorty, how about you? You got
3: What kind of Bible is that? Um, so New American Standard Bible.
0: New American Standard, nineteen ninety five update. No doubt. If you're your father, well done. That'll be great. That'll be First Timothy chapter three verses fourteen through sixteen. And then uh, let's see, Joshua. Why don't you uh, be prepared? Are you drinking coffee? No. That's oh, water. I didn't just say. You know, in case you get a little jumpy with me here, I want to be careful. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. Can you do that for me? 11 through 14. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. And uh, what do you got there, Schmetle? Titus this time now, right?
1: I started with Titus last time. When I was supposed to be doing Timothy. So now I double-checked.
0: I'm just trying to keep you straight, but yes. Mm-hmm. Well done. Okay. So what are you reading? I no. Okay, we'll first, read it anyway. First, Timothy three, three okay.
4: 14 through 16.
0: It'll be to the end of the chapter. Just, you know, kind of avail it doesn't yourself. doesn't need to
4: be in Korean.
0: <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. Is I'm there writing... a Yeah. Thank you.
3: I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one con- conducts himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. By common confession, great is the mystery of Godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was. Wait, the- wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. I want you to read this like they're bullet points. So when you finish each bullet point, I want you to go. Just a little breath. That way, your readers, your your listeners, will be able to. Understand, go ahead. He was
3: he who was reviewed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among nations, believed on in the world, taken on glory.
0: Amazing. And you did most of the breathing. Yeah, <laughs> I want you to I want you to think about this. One, two, three, four, five, six. Those are six things that I think are worthy of you memorizing about my Lord. And because I care about you so much, when we get together next Tuesday, I'm going to open the class with you having the privilege of demonstrating your diligence in memorizing and reciting it. Those seven points about my master. Nice. You're on notice, yes? Say, yes, I'm on notice. Yes, I'm on notice. Nicely yes. done. And I think we have a parallel passage, my friend, in Titus uh, in chapter 2, 14. verse 11. Can I go through 14? Okay. The grace of God has
1: appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny, to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Messiah Yeshua. Whoa!
0: Now remember what I just told your brother.
1: <sighs> Who gave himself for us to redeem from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for
0: good deeds. Nice. Nice. These go hand in hand. I like this. I like this. So, for what is Paul waiting? The postman? I was waiting yesterday. It should be a federal holiday. He wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a trick question. As a believer, I would think you would have the answer to this off the tip of your tongue. For what is Paul waiting? Waiting for a massacry He's doing what?
1: Waiting for a side change.
0: He is waiting for Messiah to return.
1: Are you? Yes. Really? Yes.
0: What's going to happen when he returns? You will get lifted up. Nobody at that thing can hear you. What was that?
1: You're going to be lifted up in it with him into the new world, and you'll unleash Messiah reign for a thousand generations. You Wait, know, before that, there's going to be a great war. Sorry, the great war. You know, you're
0: very, very close. You're very close. There's so many things floating around your head. I get it. Let's hold tonight with, we're going to be caught up, harpazo in the Greek, right? rapturo in the Latin, with him in the air. Leave it at that, and that bet will uh, will stand.
4: Good. One neat thing about the anticipation I had never really seen a, an excellent example of this demonstrated until Morgan and I went to Israel this past March, and we did a tour with a guide that was straight Orthodox. And, you know, certainly he was an Orthodox Jew. He he does tours for a living, and he not, did a, a not, temple tour. Not calling to be not, a, a not messiah, really. right? Yeah, not messianic, not Christian, and it was within the first five minutes of speaking that he already was saying things like, uh, all right, and we need to get this done quick because Messiah could return at any end. Yeah. Okay, ah. all right. <laughs> and, he'd go and he'd be like, and he'd be like, and, and, you know, and we're going to be, we'll, we'll be going back up there. That is, if Messiah doesn't return before then. And like, I, I, we seriously probably heard that, in a two hours, like, you know, 10, 15 times so that he was making timing references throughout his daily life the to the King of Messiah. Of Messiah. Cool and I that? just was like, "This is amazing. This is exactly what Paul is talking about." I think so. This eager anticipation and how it can be practically lived out every day. Mm. Mm.
0: Greg, I've seen that, and I agree with you one hundred percent. And and I think, uh, I think as as Scott and I were going through the end time study, I, I think I was a child, and I can't really recall, um, but it was it was so long ago. Um, we, we both agreed that Messiah could come at any moment and this is, this is the, the sentiment, if you will that your, your Jewish guide was, was providing through the study of the scriptures two things became apparent the apostolic writers Paul and Peter specifically and as soon as we're done with these two letters, we're moving on to 1 Peter so that'll be fun both of these writers apparently believed that the coming of Messiah was imminent. He you was know, like, can it be any day now? He left was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He's he's he's, he's got to be coming back. Probably hungry. Here, here we go. You know, something like that. But the more we studied the Scripture, the more we recognize that there are telltale signs that must occur. In order for his return to be efficacious. In order for his return to fulfill other scriptures. For example, in Matthew chapter 24, the master says that things are going to get really bad. And after they get really bad, they're going to get really, really bad. And after that, wow, (coughs) people are going to die. And after that, it gets even worse. And then Messiah will, will come. Because unless he does, there might no flesh be saved. It's that bad. This lead led us to believe, jump in if I mess this up, this led us to believe that imminence, this doctrine of yeah, oh, 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 we're, we're going to climb these steps here, but we might not make it to the top of the steps before Messiah comes. Was not doctrinally According to the apostolic scriptures and the prophets possible there were things that had to happen before he could return because he had to deal with some of these things when he returned so I get the zeal now I probably think it's it's without a little bit of knowledge but to your point I've become accustomed of late to ignore the doctrinal implications and just go with we should be focusing on the coming of Messiah because that's exactly what the apostles did. And I am convinced they knew exactly what we know. And yet, their focus to other believers, their teaching to the young people was Messiah could come at any time. Do you want to be a his coming? Well, how could you really be ashamed of his coming if there's three plus years worth of going on before he shows up, and if you really weren't saved, you'd fall away anyway. So it appeared to be a generic aphorism that you really can't show up at any time. And of course, he can show up at any time. Right? I mean I mean he's God. So, you know, but uh, I hear you. And I think the excitement of having an Orthodox Jew look so forward to the coming of Messiah is not unlike what we've seen with uh, one of our friends who is a rabbi in Israel. And his his whole focus on loving us is that we're a harbinger of the fact that Messiah has got to be coming soon Mm -hmm. because here's Gentiles that want to study the Torah and love Jews.
4: That's spectacularly odd. That that was one of the the tenets here of the things that Mike is going to be memorizing. Yes. Towards the end of Timothy, proclaimed not to the Jews. No, no. Proclaimed among the nations. Yes. Believed on in the world. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that that is very, Exciting. I mean, it's especially exciting given that Rob Ginsburg confirmed his belief that the fourth revolution in Judaism is an opening up of full Torah to the nations. To the
0: nations. And can can we argue that it's got to be near the end of time if they finally come around? If they finally decided that, wait a second, we're not supposed to be a cistern of the Torah ter- but a conduit so that they might learn it I think one of the only things that uh, was a uh, a a stop if you will to the anti-Gentile stuff that I got from some of the Chabad rabbis was when I just kind of took a step forward. Of course, I was wearing a handgun. They're not. You know, it's foolish on their part. But I, uh, I took a step forward and said, Rabbi, I get it. You don't want me to teach Gentiles to keep the Torah. But let me ask you this. Would it be such a bad world if all the Gentiles kept the Torah right, and loved
2: the Jews? <laughs>
0: And he just kind of put his head down a little bit and he looked up at me with a sort of a half grin and said, well, Joseph, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't know if it would be the best, but it wouldn't be a bad thing. So, I, you know, I'm taking that as go team. You know, yeah. so good. Good, good, good. All right. Um, everybody got the the parallel here? Titus, Timothy? How's what are did we learn anything, or, or did you know all those things? First uh, Timothy that uh, Micah read from uh, three fourteen to the end of the chapter. There, he was manifested in the flesh. We call this the incarnation. The incarnation. Thank you very much. Vindicated by the Spirit. What do you call it? What's this theological term? What do you call it? No. What's vindicated mean? Joshua, what's vindicated to me? Redempted. Say again? Redempted. Redempted. Re- um, Redempted. It's redeemed. Redeem- <laughs> redeemed! I like that. It's wrong, but I like that. It's very good. <laughs> yes. Redeemed by the spirit. No, vindicated. Vindicated. What's, what's vindicated? Vindicated. Uh, you killed that woman. You shot her. You put your hand in her mouth. It was horrible. It was terrible. You ripped her head off. Uh, uh, oh, and then you're vindicated. You you didn't, didn't really do all that stuff. Micah did <laughs> vindicated. You've been Proven to be Innocent Innocent or righteous. righteous What is it that Vindicated Messiah Yeshua
3: Crucifixion
0: Close But your dad has it It's the resurrection <laughs> how, how do we know that God approved Of the sacrifice of Messiah Yeshua
4: He raised him from the dead
0: 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what does Paul say? Well, If he didn't rise from the dead, there's all a bunch of hooey. We are much to be pitied. Why? Because we act right when we don't have to. Do You get it? Yeah? Manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels. Hello? Tell me about
3: that one. What's that?
0: That's nice. That's good. Now, I'm going to give you three quarters credit. Not even half, but three quarters credit. Why? Because the word for angel, Moloch, is very close to the word for, it's the same as the word for messenger. So if he was seen by his messengers, that would work, but. If
3: he, he was seen by. Uh, Mary Magdalene. The, the angels
0: who told oh, your Your old brother, your eldest brother, is I, waiting. But your older brother said, what?
1: The angels who told the uh, shepherds that Messiah was born. Holy Spirit.
0: Hang on. The angels that told the shepherds that Messiah was born. So that's very clever. I want you to think about angels at the other end. Think of big stone being rolled away. And I think you'd be closer to where we're at here. I'm gonna look at this chronologically, thinking, okay, so he was manifest in the flesh. That would be a birth kind of thing, right? He was vindicated in the spirit. That'd be a resurrection kind of thing. And then seen by angels. That would be.
1: Who did what? Who are at the start the well,
0: it could be. It could be. Hold that thought. Yes, eldest brother. I'm thinking that.
1: A proper term is not seen, but witnessed. Witnessed by angels. Talk to me. Flesh that up. I like not it. just seen. Seeing is you look and you see something. Okay. Witnessed is being able to see something in. So in order to give evidence that you've seen it. And more people that are they're, they're there, the more witnesses you have. Exactly. exactly. You can't just be one person. You have to have at least two people
4: to confirm. Or three. Or three yes, to confirm so a claim. All what angels me. are we talking about?
0: I mean, I you just gave this. us a great yes, I'm, understanding I'm, 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 of scene versus witness. For, yeah, which angels here, are we talking about? I'm not I, have, I'm not really, I don't that
1: message.
0: Okay, that's good. Who can help?
1: Was it Mary
3: Magdalene?
0: Mary Magdalene. She was, Mary she Magdalene. Was she
3: saw Yeshua and then she brought the message that he was elected.
0: You're exactly right. So you're thinking when she brought the message she was a messenger mm-hmm. and so that the word angel here is like inappropriate and it should be seen by messengers. Well you did go out of your way to point out that it could, angel is it could. a messenger. It
3: could.
0: It could. It could. Yeah. I'm with you. And you know you're still sticking on the messenger versus angel thing. And I like your tenacity. <laughs> I don't think it works in this point. Because we're talking about after the resurrection. Were angels involved in the resurrection? What do you know about the resurrection story?
3: Well, angels were away from the tomb. They were there. The
0: and it was we, one we, after, right? It was after the resurrection. That's right. It was after the resurrection. He's already gone. You know, You know. one of them is sitting yeah. on the rock waiting, right? You know, so what are you looking for?
4: Or looking like for the never, master. Well, you know he's not here. He wins. You know? I never actually pictured angels rolling away the stone. I always pictured Yeshua doing that.
0: Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's amazing how we correct oh all of our theology in these classes.
4: Hair and all Yeah, like that.
2: yeah.
0: How did he get out of the tomb? He moved a stone that Buy could himself. not be rolled with a single man, without being able to get behind it. But it said it was like flung away, so maybe he just kind of went, yeah. and off went, it's possible, it's possible. In he, he flicked the finger.
1: I gather. it. would also be a really cool parallel if he called to the wind, which he calmed and told it to
0: Roll take the stone. Take the stone. Take I like stone. it. I like it. We're we're getting on the edge of uh, yeah. good, good news for modern man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I I just wonder in in some of the things that you've read in the Bible uh, have you you've read the Bible more or less Okay, so it's encouraging that through this study you will have touched everything from Matthew 1 all the way to Revelation 21-22 and that's outstanding. So we may have to do this for the Old Testament but that will take about 14 years but we're going (laughs) to work on that that's 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 another another, class hmm. so but that's okay. okay. Perhaps you've heard a reference to the Master proclaiming the good news to those captives, to those in prison. I can see I'm going to have to look for that reference. I don't know if anybody can help me do that very quickly. But uh, I would think that uh, you would find that uh, in the, the latter uh, references the gospel, some of the, the more uh, tweaky little deals.
1: What are you looking for? I was looking um, for the thing I was looking for, but I couldn't.
0: Um, I'm, I'm thinking something like 1 uh, Peter yes. 4 6. I was looking for something, I think, in Jude. What do you got? It's a reference to a uh, passage out of Isaiah, isn't it, huh? I'm not <clears throat> sure. I'm not sure if it goes back there or not. Um, uh, let's give us a second here. I can see I'm going to have to start all over just to get Isaac all into it again. Um, Okay, yeah. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, please. And we'll be doing that in, uh, in, uh, I think, two, three weeks. I've already got that uh, lined up for you. I'm going to go down to.
5: Uh, in prison.
0: Yeah, we're going to start in 18. I think for Christ the Messiah, also suffered once for sins. That's the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous. That's expiation. Then that he went bring it to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Here we have the crucifixion and the resurrection in that verse. In which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. I don't think we have time to go through this. But does anybody have a concept of who these spirits are, who are in prison? Micah. Got gotcha.
3: you. This might sound a bit silly, but would it be people in hell, maybe?
0: People in hell. I think they are people in hell, but I think there are specific people in hell. So you only get half credit for that. Nice, shorty. <laughs> what? You were scratching. He was scratching.
5: <laughs>
0: Me too. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> were scratching. All right. He proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formally did not obey. They did not Hmm. obey. Hmm. Who are they? Well, let's keep reading. Maybe we'll figure out who they are. Because they formally did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. So are we talking about guy that had the Winnebago in the next driveway from Noah, where he's building the ark, or is this somebody else? While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. You want I had a different set of captives. I'm sorry? It is Isaiah 61. Is it? But it was a different set of captives. And well, we'll see if it's your captives or my captives. So he proclaimed the good news to angels. And here it says they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. Yeah. What happened right before the ark what was needed? The ark That's right, after the ark. Right. Right. you're reading Genesis chapter 5 that the daughters of women were seen as beautiful in the eyes of men in the sons of God who are these sons of God who saw that the, the daughters of men were beautiful it says they left their own domain And came into the daughters of women and had children. Who was it that left their own domain and did this?
3: John's angels.
0: Yeah. Jude talks about this happening and says they were locked up. I find the birth, but I just don't have time. So let's read this again in 1 Peter chapter 3 Messiah also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits that is the angels in prison because they, these angels formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah what did it wait for? it waited for Noah to finish the ark So if we go back to that verse in 1st Timothy, he was seen by angels. If it's just regular, normal, righteous type angels, one would think he'd been seen by them a whole lot before he went. Being seen by these angels... He's preaching the gospel, he's proclaiming the gospel to those in prison. Oh. I
5: could be wrong. I don't see for purpose because actually, in the extra biblical book of Enoch, yes. those same angels asked Enoch to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And he did, mm-hmm. but it did no good. Right. I mean, I believe in mysteries of Scripture that I will not know the answer in this lifetime, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. So I so I'm not saying it's wrong, but sure. I just don't see. Well, yeah, I, I wonder, wonder why, was, why
0: why did they ask Enoch to pregnant, Right? Could they be released? The uh, I don't think so. The, yeah, the prevailing wisdom is once an angel makes a decision against God, it's done. It's mm-hmm. not like us; they're not in time, so that decision is permanent. Whereas. You make a decision, I make a decision against God, and I can do something that they can't do, which is called repent. So I don't know the answer. But it is curious to me that both the book of Enoch, as well as Jude and 1 Peter, both reference these angels being captive and that Yeshua, preaching to them, It also says in the Gospels that he set the captives free. I think it's a different thing. We'll get into it in a different lesson. But I'm with you, man. All I know is the scripture. I don't know anything more than that. we be spirits in prison. It would be inconsistent with the way we're described everywhere else. Um, Sorry. this, this word is pneuma, which is literally breath or spirit. Well, because they
5: formally did not obey. And, and I formally
0: didn't obey, didn't obey, and I know that he formally didn't obey, but I formally didn't obey either. Thought I was gonna throw you into the bus, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. so we've all formally not obeyed, but
6: this seems to be a, a longer time. for I was wondering if you think it has to do with the time. The, the time for us versus angels or if it had to the proximity.
0: Help interesting!
6: So from my point of view, an angel has direct interaction with God. Okay. Would they not be held to a higher esteem? No question. And therefore, if they were to formally disobey God... Leave their domain. Right. It's like... I guess in my, in my mind, it's is it different for us because of our faith and believing that God is our true Savior. Believing that God is our higher power. Whereas, it's like me sitting next to you. You told me, Isaac, don't go do that. And then I do that. That's a much different disobedience than you writing a letter to somebody you don't know I mean, yeah. So, because of the closeness and the, the proximity, there, yeah, there's no question there. There is no question that Hashem is the Almighty. He yeah. is. Well, theirs is not based on faith; it's based on reality. Right. Right.
0: Ours is based on faith. And uh, so, is that where the leniency would come in? Leniency yep. for whom? Us. I think that I makes... don't think it's possible for you to leave your present domain as they did. They have the ability to do that or have the ability to do that. We don't. You can't leave this domain and go into the realm of angels.
6: I guess I mean from the fact that ours is faith based, theirs is reality based. Uh, I can't can't disagree. I can't disagree.
0: That's sure. You blew it, you, you surely knew better.
5: But uh, hey. who's
0: who is that?
5: You know. What's wrong with that? That's exactly right. It's similar to. Blasphemy yeah. of Holy Spirit. You yeah, whatever that already means. Yeah. completely know yeah. God and this term. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes, sir. No. I just don't want
0: this this one a little bit. Alright, alright. So let's slow down now. Okay. So we got the hand in front of the mouth, and we're like real soft. But there are people out here on the internet listening to you that actually you have you have a fan club? I didn't want to tell you. But again, you know, 15, 20 people I just want to hear you talk. So, talk so they can hear you. Speak clearly so that they understand. Well,
3: maybe the um, prison
0: isn't even like a prison.
3: Okay. Or, or like hell or something, but maybe they were spirits imprisoned in real people. So like, he spoke to real people with spirits in them.
2: Hmm.
0: I get it. Since we have a spirit, he could be a Preaching to me kind of thing. you know about evil spirits within someone. talking sometimes. about evil spirits. Right, right, right. Like taking over a body kind of deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, that doesn't cut it at all because this really is the word for prison. Physically, they're locked up. And we're going to go to Jude. Can you find me that thing in Jude about mm-hmm. the prisons and all that? Because that, that's going to, I think, help his comment. It's a good comment, and I get where you're going. It's interesting, cool. Interesting aspect. Right, it's yeah. Because you see seeing the reality that you and I are yeah. body and spirit. Yeah. So... Hang on, because I think your dad's going to come up with a verse out of Jude that is parallel passes to what we're reading. That's going to make that go. Is it going to work? Yeah.
1: Um, all these questions about angels made start thinking. I've been mm-hmm. looking around, but I can't find anything. Um, how long have angels existed? Have they existed since creation? Have they existed since before creation? Has God had a relationship longer with them? Than he has had the the earth has been around, and well, would therefore hold him to, hold them to a higher standard because of that. even.
0: Sure. Are you asked me that question, or are you, or is it
6: apathetic? No, I am. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I so that is a brain right yeah, there. And, and
0: yeah, it's it's a good question. It's a brain um, tickler. So uh, we've we've gone from Christology to Pistology now to Angiology, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, study of angels, you know, we clearly understand that God himself is described throughout the scripture from one end to the other as being attended by angels. Uh, we know that when Lucifer fell, one third of uh, he was the angel of light. That's what Lucifer means, right? One third of the angels fell with him. So, apparently, angels have been around attending our God much longer than us. Okay. And what we what we end up with is when we and our planet was created in the beginning. That should ring a bell. Five chapters later, four chapters later in chapter five. You've got an interaction with angels who haven't been described as being created hmm. in our scriptures. And they're inserted as now interacting with men in a way that was inappropriate. So, so def- to answer your question, I would say yes, angels pre-exist man.
4: So that definitely means, so that really
0: does mean that they were just, yeah. they were there. Yeah. And when they Boom. saw, Boom. and when they saw, Women, they chose to leave their proper place and come down here and corrupt the earth, do stuff that wasn't
3: proper. Another thing is that in on the sixth day, God said that they should make men in their likeness. He said in our likeness.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So unless he has his personality,
0: I get that, but that's not really the case because um, in in the That's appropriate for uh, a monarch to speak in the plural, right? We're tired kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's normal monarch type terms that they always speak in the plural because they represent themselves and the people. So They're always dressed in the plural, in that way. So it's, it's more royal language than
2: anything else. You can tell that because he said, let us make man. Well, they all didn't make man, right? Mm. Who made man? God. God.
0: In our image. But image mm-hmm. is singular. So the hour represents one or many That have the same image. We read later that the Master, Yeshua, is the image, singular, of the living God. So when he says, let us, all of us, that would be me, make man in our image. And he did so. It's royal language. What do you got in Jude?
2: Jude this is Jude chapter 1. Obviously. Well, it would, it would be chapter 1. How many chapters in Jude? One. One, one. good. Uh, verse 5. Mm. Now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Mitzrayim, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, and angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode. He is kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day.
0: How about that? And then they're going and, to
2: be let loose for
0: yeah. a little while. So that's the angels. And they're kept, well, Peter calls it prison. Jude calls it
2: in eternal bonds.
0: eternal bonds. Under darkness. Yeah. Crummy.
2: Where there is no IKEA.
0: No Chick Fil A. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's just crummy. Uh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Okay. That's it. So, we good there? Everybody, everybody feeling like, wow, we just had a theology lesson and all that. It's just. It away. I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we are going back. Whew. That was uh, thorough. That was astonishing. I didn't think we were going to go there. That's, uh, that's mm-hmm. great. Okay, yeah, so let's. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a pretty good uh, deal. Good okay, so I'm, I'm in the study on page 27, lesson 51, first um, Timothy chapter 4. And uh, let's go there, shall we? We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter or later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require absence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So we've got a couple of things to bring up here. First will be the deceitful thing that I jumped on, which is planos. And uh, it gen- generally means error. It actually means wandering or roving and was used by Cicero and others regarding vagabonds and tramps. Context of doctrine and truth. Planos implies the same type of double-mindedness and wandering mind to which James alluded. You can't be double-minded in your faith, right? So we don't don't want to wander or rove around. And that's what these spirits are doing.
4: It's just very simple to walk down the path that you're walking on. You have to follow that one path. It's that simple
0: Single minded, single destination. Amen. I'm with you. All right, so who forbid marriage, require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with Thanksgiving, are those who believe and know the truth. So let's talk about the food. That's what Joshua wants to talk about. Consciences are being seared. By these deceitful spirits, teachings of demons, by these liars, which, if you think about it, are false teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to see, false teachers have always been a problem in every
4: letter
2: that Paul writes.
4: You know, the, the thing that's a little odd about this is you would think that a Deceitful spirit or demon would try to get people to break the Torah. Okay. the The issues that Paul brings up here, the two, are forbidding marriage and abstaining from foods. Right. So not like overindulging in either of those, but the irony of that is in in played out in religions throughout the world. When there is abstinence in both of these areas, that tends to create some of the most perversion. major problems. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I think Paul is kind of touching on here, where it's like it's not enough just to abstain from something. You know, his point is really like you've got to see everything as holy. So it's not about abstaining from food; it's about eating certain foods that you are are making holy through. The eating of it, and same same with marriage, you know, sanctifying that, and and bringing glory to God through it, as opposed to becoming obsessed with it in a negative way, which is just going to end up leading you down a very bad path.
0: I, I I think you hit the nail on the head, Greg. So I want you to I want you to go through that solo liquid again, and I want you to avoid the word abstain. Because it sounds like I'm painting the living room. Okay, so I want you to use words I would use in Harris Teeter. So food line, even even food line. I mean, oh, if we're going to bring it down that far, we can. But you know, so what I'm looking for is what are, what does he say these guys are teaching? And then let's stop. And what's so obviously
4: the truth? So give, give it to me again. It sounds like these tricksters are trying to tell people that they shouldn't get married and that they should not eat certain foods.
0: Everybody with that? Yep.
5: Why would they do that? To create a false holiness. Absolutely. My first thought is Absolutely. Hindus and Buddhists and Catholic priests. Yeah, you know, and confusion. Yeah. They're not marrying, and a lot of them are vegetarian. Maybe yeah, not, maybe yeah, not yeah. Catholic priests, but Sure. So the bottom line is that they're they're putting the the technical term
0: an asceticism or restriction around these two areas in order to appear or to provide a false holiness. Or I'm set apart
2: because
0: I'm going to sit on top of a mountain, cross
4: my legs,
5: and which makes me more holy than you're. Absolutely. Holy. Well, and I
4: think. That is exactly why this is the most sneaky of tactics. Not the, no, go ahead. You should go ahead and sin. If it's too in your face, it's not going to trick somebody as easily as providing a a false thing that looks and feels holy but isn't. You've, You've raised an excellent point that it's
0: sneaky, not because it's allowing but it's restricting. Mm. It's it's so insidious. Mm. No, 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 no. You, you don't want to do that. That's going to spoil you. That's going to make you like the world. No, no. no. Set yourself apart, brother. Right? Mm. Okay.
5: And we'll even take you in the back room and share secrets with you. That's
0: right. Yeah. Deeper knowledge. Yeah. Okay, so what's What's the end result? If we do this, do we... Where do we go? I mean, I didn't marry, so every Orthodox couple that gets married wants to fulfill the commandment to be fruitful and multiply. But I abstained from marriage, and now I can't do these. What about the eating one? What what are they saying? Don't eat things that God created to receive with thanksgiving by
4: those who believe and know the truth.
0: So it's thankful that God has provided his food, but...
4: Yeah, actually the, the first thought I had when I read that was it reminded me of the Egyptians, where it was like, you know, they were talking about the sacrifices, and they're like, oh, we can't do that in front of them because they're going to freak out. But that's, that, right. that's the Pesach, right? Like, So obviously this is a commanded thing to eat and and participate in. Good for you. Good in, for you. Wow. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it. They had a problem with it, but yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I think, you, to your point, I think what ends up happening is both of these things become an obsession because, and this might be a little bit more of my churchy background, but... The, the thought here, churchy background, yeah, yeah. watch out. The, the thought here is, whenever you're participating in God's commandments, you have the assistance of the Holy Spirit. And okay. when there's a false holiness that you're chasing after, or more of a man-made holiness, you're not, you don't have that same assistance, yeah. which leads you to fall in, in these two areas that have become this obsession. Because it's not an obsession when it's, when it's Torah, right? Because it's all about God. It's not about these things. You know, the obsession isn't about what food to eat and what food not to eat. It's just like, no, we just eat this and because it's all about God. Amen. Same in marriage. You know, our relationship is all about God. It's not about one thing. or So that, that is the, the biggest difference, I think, between both. And that's why this is so much more likely that you will slip into some depraved
6: things. So I was thinking about it from another standpoint of what, like what he was finished off with. What finished off with is um, depriving yourself and creating this thirst for other things. You're kind of you're essentially using all of your um, willpower and energy, and energy on things that are really not very important but feel good, right?
0: Well, Standing from all these yeah, evidently and, you get some some kind of points
6: from right. That. But all of my willpower is used. For those things, and therefore would I not be that much more weak and open to those evil spirits or whatever mm-hmm. the evil doctrine or whatever it may be, just kind of slide on in there. I, I liken it to the, to the ease of
0: going to a restaurant if you want. You, you go through the appetizer list, and we all know Out of the 10 things they probably get available there, we may be able to have one. We don't have to argue about it. We don't have to ask them about it. We know. No, 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 no. It's it's not a striving. It's not a struggle. These god says very specifically, don't eat these. No one can eat these. That's not food. I don't know what we call it, but we don't call it food. So there's one that we can have. Okay, fine. Nice and easy. Chips and salsa. Yeah. I
4: found the food. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there right. it is. There's the food on the menu.
0: <laughs> right. So same deal. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're exactly right. As the more we, we get into this bah! don't eat that. Uh you know what? Then you start to second guess oh. and life becomes so difficult and so complex and so arduous. He came to give us life and that more abundantly. This should be a good happy time. If you're so consumed with keeping the Torah, something's wrong.
6: Well, I was kinda of thinking about other religious sects where men abstain from marrying and All kinds
0: of problems. Gregory was kinda of, he didn't go into
6: it, but we you, you think about priests and all the issues, there are dark things that happen yeah, business. through this. Yeah. And I feel, I think in my mind, if a man was not tempted to abstain for holier than thou reasons, he would be open to the natural course of manhood. Sure. And therefore, these things, the devious thoughts, would not even have an ability to sneak their way in. Yeah. You're not going to get a mm-hmm. foothold because right. God's natural plan has taken place. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. so, so sneaky, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. Very sneaky.
0: Okay, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths for this guy. Don't hold back. What do you, what do you think about those myths? Yeah. <laughs> Train yourself instead for godliness. For, for while bodily training, which means going to the gym, is of some value, godliness is a value in every way, as it holds promise in the present
4: And the lifetime. That that is exactly what we were essentially saying. Just restated. Where we're saying, stop focusing on what you can't do or the wrong. And focus on Godness. Focus on Hashem. Focus on deepening your relationship, your walk. Strengthening your faith in the Word. As opposed to focusing way too much on the things you can't do. And on the temptations. I agree. So...
0: What is godliness? Godliness is a value in every way. How, what is that? How do you do that? What what's the deal there with godliness? How? Be like God. How? Following oh, his direction? The way he told us. To. Okay. So he evidently believed what you said, and his next thing is command and teach these things. That's big. Commanding from an elder overseer perspective, that's big. Teaching, what are these things? What are these things that he references? Command and teach. These things. Uh, obviously I think it's the Torah. Can you prove it's the Torah? What else would it be?
4: I guess it's a reference to well, train the words. A, that's an and ar- faith.
0: Hang on one second. Oh. That's an argument from silence. I don't disagree with you in any way, because I've been looking for some other reference that he points his people to. And we're coming pretty darn close to the end of the tour, and I haven't seen a single third party reference you know by the way when you don't read the Torah I mean that's a once a week deal that's fine but then read the Didache or read read Homer or read the Iliad you know there's there is no other reference that he's ever given that I think that's that's poignant but it's not an argument we can't use it
4: that's so where you well I it- the beginning of the top paragraph includes the words of faith and of good doctrine. Verse 6. Verse six. So when he's saying these things, that was just a, a, some things that stood out to me that can that reference back to Torah. But they also include his last verse there, in, uh, right before that, in verse 10, where he specifically describes hope. It's, it's kind of a combination of both, similar to what we see in Revelation, right? I'm going fast to the commandments of God and the testimony yeah, of the yeah. Okay,
0: I like that. There's a reference right from Scripture that makes it clear. The Word of God and prayer, the words of faith and of good doctrine. So, clearly pointing back, as we've seen over and over and over again, that he's looking at the Torah Okie dokie. You guys are doing great. Okay. Um, I I did a little thing on that min Deal there with Reed. Um, Two different words there, right? Reading. Reading Isaiah the prophet. We have the noun, the reading. from the law and the prophets and Timothy four thirteen. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. That's not a verb, it's an N. Yeah. The Torah portion is critical. The reading. I don't know, but I th- I just kind of thought that four thirteen was uh, almost a uh, a watershed moment for us. That's uh, I mean I don't I don't care what version you're reading, uh, what read- what version you have, but the word reading in routine is a noun not a verb and most people would not see that and it's rare that my love for the Greek which doesn't hold a candle to my love for the Hebrew but I'm just not as good with the Hebrew but it's there's no better way in English to describe the weekly portion than the public reading of Scripture because reading is a noun not a verb
2: when else, does it happen right. exactly? You know, I, I looked at verse 13 and I saw Belladora Shabbat mornings, amen, or Shabbat days. Yeah, the public reading of scripture is something that we do. You know, we have a menu, well, Ex- then exhortation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's constant, right? It's throughout, Thru- and then teaching
0: right afterwards. What well,
2: happens after right? Right. it just.
0: And the one and the can be an exhortation time, sure. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And it's to me, it's fulfilling. It doesn't matter whether there's a, a whole lot of people that know it or, or deal with it, but we have a command right here in the scripture. Devote yourself to the wicked Torah portion. That's, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. All right, other comments there? I went through a little bit of Greek, and I, 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 don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that, if I'm just overdoing it with the Greek.
4: Uh, Keep it up, I love the Greek.
0: Do you? Okay.
4: I can't read it yet, but it's really helpful when you spell it out, yeah. uh, transliterated.
0: Well, you know gnosis is knowledge. gnosis. To know again. To review it again. To learn it again. Anonosis. That's Acts 13, 15. Can somebody read Acts 13, 15?
4: After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. How
0: about that? So they they actually asked Paul if he wanted to stand up and and give the a little bit of word of encouragement. The word for reading in that one is another noun, but it's a different one. And it's on anonosis. It's to know again. After the after the reading from the law and the Proverbs, after the knowing again, after the review, so that you get it, after the reminder of the law and the prophets, after we get this in our heads, that's what that is, and that's the synagogue reading that you just described that torah does. It's identical, same thing. This is this whole idea is that you would learn it again, and that it happens every, and, and don't. Yeah, and don't we say that every time. I I remember last year when we were reading through the... That's exactly what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. That's anonosis. Learning again. Cool.
6: Okey-doke. You know, one thing I was thinking about as we were talking about um, adding things, whether it be abstinence or... um, and then get back. And then verse uh first Timothy verse seven, having nothing to do with irreverent silliness. Um yeah. kind of made me think about the Pharisees and how they were all the other time they were creating things like the holy of the washing hands and placing it above other things, being holier than now, that distraction, however small it was, was separating them and making them holy now and causing them to Causing them to place themselves above others. Do you see any kind of correlation there? Um, or my off?
0: No, no. I, I, I think it's important to recognize that as as we look at any people group in any point of time, they're either spot on or they're out of balance. And I think that when the Master came on the scene, he identified. We would read more completely with the Pharisees than any other biblical group, the Essenes, the Sadducees—you name it—you know the, the zealots, whatever. He he really enjoyed the Pharisees. You don't see him eating with anybody, but them. and they didn't eat with anybody. Certainly the, not the people of the land, right? They only ate with their own. But he saw that there were a little out of balance. And I think because they knew the Scripture and they loved God, he was brutal with them when he took that out-of-balance stuff to say, come on, if you you make everything as holy as it is in the temple, then the temple doesn't mean anything. If you give all the kids on the softball team, even the losing team, a trophy, it doesn't mean anything to get a trophy. Come on. That's out of balance. So I think as, as you read through the scripture, especially the, the, the Gospels, and you, you see them dinging on the Pharisees. That's what that is. It's not that they were wrong. Just challenging them? But out of balance because they needed to tone it down in some areas. And pick it up in others. You guys, hello? You're tithing mint? Cumin? rue The stuff that we're splashing into the soup over there without even measuring it? And you're tithing it? Oh, oh, that's special, guys. Well, what about the other big things that I was talking about? You're dealing with spices? Spices? What about compassion? What about love? What, you know, that kind of thing, right? It's not that they were wrong. He never said you are wrong. He actually said, and you're right to do that. But here's really where you need to put your focus. So I, I think I think an balanced faith is something that we all need to be aware of. And his his ding on the Pharisees was just that way. Um, where I think the visible uh, representation of the church would see him dinging on the Pharisees and saying that they were totally wrong and you don't want to be anything like them. Yet he was everything like them. They were following him. He was eating with them. And They buried him. They were as much like him as you could be in that culture, but in some cases out of balance. And that's where I think you're, you're seeing that out of balance stuff is where he tried to push hard to correct.
6: I appreciate that because I've always looked just from what I've um, read and kind of heard into some of our classes it seemed as though he was constantly dinging them he like is. they weren't doing the right things but really he's just challenging them because they are the most like him do to do better yeah. I've never ever thought about it that think, way think of it
0: as a, as, a, as a family gathering and mm-hmm. just like in a home right it's like hey I love what you're doing with your house. You know, let's 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 not get overboard in this area. Let's let's balance it right. I love what you're doing with your kids. Let's not go wacko in this area. Let's 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 get in balance. And and when do we have these conversations? Well, we don't have them in front of Scott. We have them when it's just us, right? More of a family setting. And when he's dinging on those Pharisees, it's a family setting. He's it's they're they're all gathered around him, and it's a heck of a lot of them. And he's, I think, I think really speaks to the
4: heart. Hmm. Yeah, the, I'm trying to bring him. The way he handles that too is very much the same in Judaism today. You have the at the far end where if somebody's feeling really righteous, or you've got like these super righteous guys, they're the ones that are quoting those passages from the Pirkei Avot about being a mere worm, and you know they're literally like. Hanging out in open graves to remember, like how depraved and like how like just a, nothing they are, just breath of air. And then not the other end of the spectrum, people that are new to the faith or people that are in despair, that there that Judaism reminds, like you literally have a spark of godliness in you, like you have everything in the world to live for. Like Hashem knows you by like the count of hairs in your head. You know, it's it's so funny to see. That balance even in in the commentaries and and it's I think it's all just to kind of keep us to be in a a humble place but also to to never deplete our joy too much you know Mm. like a really righteous person can handle some of those concepts about you know being just dust right because he understands the implications of that and it actually brings him joy Mm. but someone that's newer, like they they need more of that encouragement more of that love and Yeshua understood that perfect when he dealt with sinners. You know he was never harsh. He never like brought them straight to like some theological hammer of a point. You know, but then his family needed that sometimes. Yeah, I agree. So cool. That's
5: good. That's good.
0: Yeah. Any uh, any final comments on back end Titus, middle of Timothy. I wanna encourage I know it's tough. I know this has been one of the longest studies I've ever done. Um, but I, I, I really encourage you we are near the end and you know what, there's not a lot of halakha, if any in Revelation so you got 22 chapters we're going to blister through that so fast you're not going to believe it, all you have to do is read you don't have to study, all you have to do is read and then we come between now and then after uh, First Timothy uh, we're dropping into Hebrews. And I hope that that's going to be an exciting time for you. Um, if you read it, and I'd love to get a couple of classes in a row from you. I know you're an every other night guy. But um, Hebrews would be great for you because in there he's going to compare Yeshua with angels. And he's going to compare the priesthood. And it's all a comparison game. Everything. But when he starts talking about the priesthood, you have to question, well, when was Hebrews written? Here we're reading 1 Timothy. When was that written? 60? 60, 61? Of the common era? When was the temple destroyed, Joshua? 40 years after Yeshua died. I like that. That's, that's a very erudite answer. word for the day, erudite. Can you give me a number? I to say 33. No, no, no. When did he die? Let's say he was born in zero. When did he die? Ish. I don't know. 30? 33? Let's say 30. 30.
1: Let's say 30. Yeah, he was about 30.
0: What's a generation? 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. So, he said, before this generation passed away, kept gone. So, 30, 40 is? seven. That's good. Why did he not know the answer to that? That's right. 30 and 40? 70. 70. Good. Okay. So, if this was written in sixty, you've only got about nine, eight years before the temple is destroyed. So when the book of Hebrews is written, and that's after 1 Peter, then you've got Hebrews. So when's the deal? It's right around 68, 72... So the big argument in the book of Hebrews is, well, wait a second, do we still have a temple? I mean, when he says, well, you know, those things are no longer being done. (laughs) Is that because there was a temple or because he had some theological bias? But you can't know because in your English Bible, it's all messed up. So I'm excited about that. But 1 Peter is a really cool book. 1 Peter is really cool. And when we finish... 1 Timothy, we'll be jumping in there, and the first thing you're gonna to have to figure out is who's he writing to? Who's who's the who's the apostle to the Gentiles?
5: <laughs> oh, the man. one who's writing this stuff we've been reading. Paul, right
0: Paul is the yes, exactly Sorry right. The answer. Paul
5: is yeah, right.
0: If you need time to, to, to think, that's fine. Paul is the, is the apostle to the Gentiles. Who would you say is the apostle to the Jews? Jesus. Peter. Peter. Who said that? Me. I was looking at your brother. But you're right. Peter. Peter is Peter. the apostle to the Jews. Who gave the big deal on 2nd uh, chapter of Acts, right? Men of God, you think that this is a big deal. Well, you
4: know, you're right, it is a
0: big deal. Let's talk about it. Yeah, that's Peter. Well, we're going to read Peter next. But I would be willing to choose some real American dollars. You're going to be surprised as to whom Peter's right. Change. I know. I know. Josiah, I know what you're thinking. I've studied it too. And I thought, yep, yeah, I've changed. So, we got another lesson in Timothy. 5 and 6, we've got some elder stuff and all kinds of cool deals there next week. And then we go to 1 Peter. And that is going to be awesome. After 1 Peter, bam! In Hebrews. We're going to rush to that because it talks about the Master. It doesn't talk about us. But we are going to see some pretty cool deals. Okay? Questions? Comments? It sounds like a good plan to Jonathan Lovelace, who I am so glad is feeling better. His wife is feeling better. And I miss him very, very much. So. God bless you, my man. Amen. Scott. Would you close us in prayer, sir?
2: Absolutely. I appreciate that. Father, we're thankful for our uh, for our time together, and uh, we especially want to lift up Joseph for all the uh, uh, the work and the effort that he has uh, consistently gone through to uh, to prepare and deliver uh, thoughtful lessons for us to go through, and for opening up his home uh, for us uh, to uh, to get together and, and talk through these things. Father, help to impact our. Our, our, our daily walks, yes, Father. Uh, Father, so that we don't uh, uh, we don't look in a mirror and not recognize who we are, or what we're supposed to be. We can use these things to uh, uh, to come to become sharper and more uh, in the image of Yeshua the way that you want us to be. Uh, Father, bless our families. We pray all these things in the name of Yeshua, our risen Savior and Messiah. Amen. Amen. Amen.